This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. I was distracted by... The majestic belly of one Mr. Socks. Laying over there on the floor. Wanting me to get down there and pet him. What is up, Aaron? Welcome. It's a freaking Monday. We're one night away from the State of the Union address. Warlord just got here, already dropping links. What? What? What in the? What in the fuck? Oh, we'll, we'll save that for when we talk about latest updates in Russia and in Ukraine and all that nonsense. This, is, this should be fun. So we had peace talks today. Apparently things aren't going the way Russia wanted them to. Had peace talks, but they apparently didn't go anywhere. We're going to get the latest from the State Department. We're going to get a statement from President Zelensky. The, the ruble has crashed... There's several companies saying they won't do business with Russia anymore. The Russian Central Bank has been cut off. All kinds of developments. As the State of the State of the Union is happening tomorrow, there are multiple convoys, truckers set to converge. Maybe, maybe, maybe if they if they can actually get a convoy together. The California contingency petered out because they couldn't get enough people to actually have a convoy. Contingency in Oklahoma had a car wreck earlier today, so they may not be able to make the trip to Washington, D.C. There's only one conclusion you can come to. They're not sending their brightest. I'm not high enough for them. I'm itchy, too. Why am I itchy? As I said, there are multiple uh, companies who have announced they're no longer doing business with Russia. One of them is apparently Adidas, who's decided they will halt sales of tracksuits to Russia. <laughs> Uh, that's gonna that's gonna bring the conflict to a screeching halt. Oh, what the fuck we got over here? I'm I'm, I'm dying to hear what this guy's got to say. They a good old boy. It's chaos on the front line with the denazifiers and liberators of Ukraine. These guys are tough, these guys are ready, and there's plenty of them. So far, Russia has used about 10% of its military power, and we're getting ready to bring the hammer down. These guys are gonna save and liberate all the good people in Ukraine, and the bad people, boom, kick their ass. 
pacifiers and liberators of Ukraine. These guys are tough, these guys are ready, and there's plenty of them. So far, Russia has used about 10% of its military power, and we're getting ready to bring the hammer down. And they've only used about 10% of their military power because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat Russia. Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. These guys are going to save and liberate all the good people in Ukraine and the bad people. Boom! Kick their ass. He was proud of himself. Boom! Kick their ass. Oh, thank you, sir. This is the uh, the opiate priest shirt. They were always sold out of it. But go and see them. I had to order it. Like I had to like catch it on their website and order it. I think it's their coolest one. I've got, I've got three now. This is my favorite. I mean, I like the, you know, I like my tourist. Mine from uh, my uh, 10,000 Days tour shirt is fucking faded. He just had trouble kicking dirt. He was incredibly proud of himself. Like, also, let's talk about like the quality of the military gear behind him. Those tanks don't seem like they're put together very well. I, I feel like I could go and just like take one apart with a crowbar. The fuck is going on over here? Is it like, is that a dead dude just like thrown over the the back of the? It's not a tank. It's up armored vehicle. I mean, I guess it's a tank. I don't know what the. Oh no no! He was he was sweeping or something. It was just a weird, weird screenshot we caught him at there. I like this guy though. I would watch a sitcom starring this guy. Stand up. Suggest Robota. It's Trejas on the front line with the denazifiers and liberators. Trejas, I think. I don't know. I couldn't understand his name. These guys are ready, and there's plenty of them. So far, Russia has used about 10% of its military power, and we're getting ready to bring the hammer down. These guys are going to save and liberate all the good people in Ukraine and the bad people. I love I love that smile on his face. Like I fucking nailed it. One take. No need to do it again. Print it. Shut this shit down. That's a rap, boys. Y'all can head up to your next shoot. Not gonna be, not gonna be needing me for the rest of the day. I'm gonna be heading back to my trailer.
He's a Texan. Do you have more information on him, Warlord? Does he have a social media presence? Can I go and watch a video of this motherfucker giving his opinion on bullshit from his truck in his in his driveway? That would make my night. Make my night, Warlord. Please tell me. Please tell me. Show me a Facebook Live video, a YouTube channel. I, I, I want to know this dude. I want to troll this dude. I want to be up in this dude's shit. That just sounded disgusting. How did Texan, how did Texan find his way to Ukraine? They don't know geography. Trying to hide up for this shit. Oh shit, oh shit. We're Lord always coming through. He's been giving updates. What up, RB? Let me get let me get this going. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some weed. That's a fantastic fucking idea. This is from about four days ago. It's Tejas and Donbass. Out in Petrovsky district. Looks like the, the crows are heading down back home. Like Tejas is what it sounds like he's calling from, uh, himself. Marienka. But he had a very Maybe they were He uh, had a very white person sounding name. Today. I tell you it's a historic day today. Russell um, Bentley. This is Russell changed. Bentley. Not just for Donbass, Ukraine and Russia, but the whole world has changed. It's going to be different from now on. Whatever's coming next, and the war's what not up, over. Ginger? Not over Ida. Oh, you fine people! Hardcore Nazis, the war criminals that know what they got waiting for them. That you know are going to fight to the death because uh, I apparently this whole Nazi thing is just nonsense. I mean, other than the Nazis that the U.S. trained inside of Ukraine. (laughs) And apparently Russia has their own little Nazi battalion as well. Russell Boner Bentley III. You know, they know they'll spend the rest of their lives in a hard, hard prison if if they get captured. So now the tables have turned. The guys that thought that they were going to have you, a fun time. You got to give him props. I thought he was going to be in his truck, but he's out at, He's out in his uh, garage. It's a different deal now. They've met the Russian army, and they've met the Donbass defenders, too. Our guys are working hard. They're moving forward right now. Marienka, about five the miles. The Donbass defenders. Uh, I guess I guess it's probably not his garage because he's in Ukraine. Um, also, uh, Lugansk is also moving forward. Uh, it's a very fluid situation. Uh, there's a big concern in uh, Avdiivka. There's a big chemical plant there. Supposedly, supposedly it's being uh, booby-trapped, mined, uh, so that it can be exploded, releasing poisonous gas. You know, these are the kind of guys. These guys were down in. Uh, 
None of this makes sense to me. Why would they be like, hey, hey, dude, American propagandists, tag along. Why, why are they picking this? He's got like 15K subscribers on YouTube. Maybe, maybe it's the, maybe it's the perfect person for Russia to grab. On the front with Russian troops today. He's really into Russia. Must have family or what? So we're we're gonna get a little backstory on him. Son of a wealthy businessman. Wow. At first, Russell bought... I thought you were making it up, warlord. Russell Bonner Bentley III wasn't sure he would survive the winter. It was January 2015 in Donetsk, a war-torn city in eastern Ukraine. And the 54-year-old Texan was sequestered inside an abandoned three-story brick monastery, exchanging fire with Ukrainian troops. He and the dozen men fighting with him had been braving freezing temperatures for weeks from the second floor. Bentley trained his rocket-propelled grenade launcher and his Kalashnikov rifle out of a tiny slit in the side of the building. There was no electricity or running water, and wood fire stoves provided the only warmth The wind came from the south, and it would blow the smoke right back into the rooms, he recalled. Bentley had been husky and out of shape when he had arrived a month earlier, but on a battlefield diet of tinned meat and buckwheat porridge. The weight was melting off! With bright white shoulder-length hair and clear green eyes, Bentley had... Whoever wrote this had a crush on him! Fuck! He'd been drawn into the conflict while tapping away at his laptop in early 2014. He was living in Round Rock at the time. And though Russia's involvement in the fight, first invading Crimea, a peninsula in the south of Ukraine, and then supporting pro-Russian separatists who led an uprising in the eastern Ukrainian region of Donbass, was denounced across the globe. Bentley immersed himself in Russian media sources that blamed the war on U.S.-backed Nazis. Imagine the struggle is something akin to, like, we need to separate the Russian propaganda about U.S.-backed Nazis and the actual documented, like, like it's a small regimen. But apparently we did train some fucking Nazis in Ukraine because, like, we're the United States. What, what, what? We wouldn't be living up to our uh, full potential and our reputation if we didn't train some Nazis 
everywhere we went. It makes perfect sense. I don't doubt it. Oh, he imagined the struggle was something akin to the Spanish Civil War, which had been famously portrayed by writers such as Ernest Hemingway as a fight between democracy and fascism. He began fantasizing about banding together with like-minded freedom fighters against so-called Ukrainian fascism. Months later, he started planning his journey to Donetsk. Arrived in early December of 2014, and after a week he found a militia group, Vostok Battalion, that was accepting foreign fighters. It was led by Alexander Kotovsky, a then 42-year-old who who has since been sanctioned by the U.S. Treasury Department for being responsible for or complicit in actions or policies that threaten the peace, security, stability, sovereignty, 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 or territorial integrity. I really struggled on that one for a second. After enlisting, he went through two weeks of rudimentary, uh, rudimentary, rudimentary, Military training and then settled into a unit called Subvermini, or Essence of Time, a Stalinist communist movement. What? The wait, he was a tanky? When he was asked to select his nom de jour, Bentley, a fourth generation, that's not what... Uh, I fucked that phrase up. What is that? Nam de guerre. Nam de guerre. Nam de guerre. the name under which a person engages in combat or some other activity or enterprise. No, it's a, it's a criminal thing. I should have learned that from some kind of fucking gangster movie. Quickly made his na- a name for himself in combat. Texas showed himself to be a good hardy fighter and an excellent machine gunner. It was a quote from one of the local newspapers. Bentley often wore a straw cowboy hat that he'd adorned with a red Soviet star. This dude is wild. His Instagram is a sight to behold. Oh my god, check this picture out. I don't know, the meta products don't work real well on this browser.
How you gonna use that picture of him when there were so many more interesting pictures on his fucking Instagram you could have grabbed? Born into a wealthy family, he dropped out of high school a factory job before joining the army. Bounced around odd jobs and ultimately found his calling as a marijuana activist, although trafficking the drug had eventually turned him into a fugitive. What the guy should be on our side. What the what the why how the hell did he end up fighting for Russia? What? Now he was working as an arborist in Austin, renting a bit an arborist in Austin. Putin Putin isn't a communist. There is no communist Russia. He's not fighting for communism. It doesn't make any sense. Working as an arborist, how do you even become an arborist? And how do you support you support yourself on a on an arborist salary in Austin fucking Texas, which is an incredibly expensive city to live in. Apparently he was able to rent a bedroom in a ranch style house in Round Rock. During the Great Recession, his tree trimming wages had dropped from one thousand dollars for five days of work to around seven hundred dollars for six days of work. He watched as his friends struggled as well. People I know in Texas, Oklahoma, and Washington—they're all working harder for less money now. But so the rich kid learned the right lesson and somehow is just applying it to the wrong fucking cause. I For years his media diet had consisted of a vast constellation of Kremlin friendly fringe websites like Veterans Today and Global Research. Later became a friend of uh, South Front, which appears to be a Russian front, deliberately obscures its origins. Perspectives that he found there, from articles lamenting the shrinking American middle class to posts about the failures of the American justice system, resonated with his own experiences. One day alone in his bedroom and searching the internet, he stumbled across a story at a Euro Medan, Euro Maiden, wave of public protests in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. For three months, beginning in November of 2013, demonstrators had gathered in the city, uh, in the city center, to revolt against the cru- uh, corruption of President Viktor Yanukovych, an ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin. In February of 2014, Yanukovych fled to Russia. Less than a week later, Russian soldiers dubbed little green men because they wore unmarked uniforms that popped up in Crimea. The soldiers forcibly annexed the region in March. 
that spurring the conflict escalated into a full-scale war when pro-Russian separatists stormed government buildings in the eastern Ukraine cities of Donetsk and Luhansk. Sound familiar? The Kremlin sent tanks and troops across the border to support the rebels' fight against the Ukrainian army. Ukraine. I guess this is a good time to listen to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. We ask the European Union to admit Ukraine immediately, according to the new special procedure. We are grateful to the partners who stand with us, but our goal is to be with all Europeans and, most importantly, to be equal. I'm sure that's fair. I am sure we deserve it. I am sure it is possible. Just think about it. Since the beginning of the Russian invasion, within only four days, due to the Russian shelling, 16 Ukrainian children have died. 45 children were wounded. Each crime, each shelling from the occupants against us makes us and our partners more and more united. Apparently, this dude's making the women swoon. I'll ask Sparkles about it. She probably will not fucking care. He'd be like, yeah, no, fuck him. UN Chiefs says... The fight is inconceivable. So that's reassuring. It's raging across the country from air land and sea it must stop <laughs> now just Russian don't piss just don't piss on the floor sparkles does not like to have thank you warlord you have been on point tonight my friend uh warlord if you'd like to join the discord server if you're on the discord warlord has his own little is that a sub server Red. I don't know what the fuck. I, I don't know what it's called over there on the Discord land. Warlord World News Service. And fucking Warlord is on point. Warlord looks over the Discord. And for the boys chat, that's the domain of, of Sparkles. And she hates it when people go in there and they get pissed. And she has to mop it up. <laughs> that happened the other day with the Groypers. Just pissed all over the floor. The boys chat. Sparkles was very upset about. It. Do you know how upset she was about it? I will tell you how upset she was. He left a voicemail about it. She was very upset. <laughs> Because I didn't, I didn't check any of the the voicemails. Because I knew like there was probably some foul language. I just wanted you to know I'm okay. I was able to escape Twitch before it collapsed. I made it over to Discord, but the boys' chat's a fucking mess, and I'm having to clean everything up over here. 
But don't don't go into the boys chat and make a mess. You'll have a sparkles on your ass. Oh, and for those of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know the story, I said voice chat, but apparently, like I was, I was stoned and I was just me me me. He heard boys chat. So we have a boys chat on the part of the boys chat. <laughs> oh, too many boys though. Anyway, apparently we're not in any danger of nuclear war, which is a, that's, that's a good thing. That's something good we can all take from this, right? Bombardments have been pounding Ukrainian cities day and night. Mr. President, we are facing a tragedy for Ukraine, but also a major regional crisis with potentially disastrous implications for us all. Yesterday... Russian nuclear forces were put on high alert. This is a chilling development. The mere idea of a nuclear conflict is simply inconceivable. Nothing can justify the use of nuclear weapons. Okay. The title of this video was a UN chief says nuclear conflict is inconceivable. Which led me to believe that, oh, there's no, there's no way Russia would use some nukes. That is not what he said. That is that is that is one of the problems with doing the show and reacting to shit live. That's not what he said. He's warning that the inconceivable may happen. Holy fuck. Inconceivable. Mr. President. We face what could easily become Europe's, Europe's worst humanitarian and refugee crisis in decades, with the numbers of refugees and internally displaced multiplying by the minute. I am grateful for the compassion, generosity and solidarity of Ukraine's neighbors who are taking in those seeking safety. It is important that this solidarity is extended without any discrimination based on race, religion or ethnicity. I am not as reassured as I was like seeing the title of that clip. I was like, oh, cool. We're not in any danger of a nuclear war. Because like now, now I'm kind of like taking this seriously. I've laughed off. I've been cynical about all of the Russian advancements up until like, you know, last week when they actually fucking invaded the country. I was like, oh shit, it's not just U.S inflating something in order to have a reason to sell arms which was my total that was that was my call on that i was wrong apparently fucking putin actually wanted to fucking take the whole country wanted to overrun the capital wanted to imprison execute the president zelensky and install a, a puppet that looks like that's what his plan was is it doesn't look like things are going to plan which led to the first round of talks earlier today which apparently didn't go anywhere but like let's hear about it 
happened in neighboring Belarus. I like I wonder that like Putin has overplayed his hand. Has he used up his political capital in Russia? Is 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 it possible that this could be like the beginning of the end of Putin's regime? Results of the peace talk were that apparently Russia is going to move forward with a massive convoy heading toward Kiev. The first round of peace talks concluded at the Ukraine-Belarus border on Monday. Ukrainian cities, including uh, Kharkiv, in the east, were continuing to face some of the heaviest shelling of the war thus far, with reports of significant civilian casualties. A Russian convoy, stretching, uh, which analysts estimate stretches over 40 miles, comprises hundreds of armored vehicles, tanks, towed artillery, and logistics support vehicles continues to move toward Kiev from the north, according to satellite imagery. Senior U.S. defense official said the Russia's uh, goal... This is a horribly written article, and it was just updated fucking 49 minutes ago. But, like, there's a lot of typos in this. It's not just me being a dumb fuck reading it, which there... You can attribute some of it to me being a dumb fuck while I'm reading. A senior U.S. defense official said the Russia's goal, see, like, I, like the Russia's goal, that's not me, continues to be encircle Kiev from multiple locations and to capture the cities of Kharkiv and Maripol to isolate eastern Ukraine. As peace talks were just beginning, Ukraine's interior ministry said dozens of civilians had been killed and hundreds wounded by indiscriminate shelling in Kharkiv a city of 1.4 million on the border with Russia. Journalists in the Ukrainian capital are reporting missile fire and loud explosions with repeated air raid sirens urging civilians to shelter over the past several hours. Zelensky released a video message on Monday, which we just watched a piece of. Uh, He reiterated calls for a no-fly zone as well as urged the United Nations to remove Russia from the National Security Council. Uh, let's hear what the U.S. has to say just a couple of hours ago at briefing with State Department officials. Mr. Putin still has at his disposal significant combat power. He hasn't moved all of it into Ukraine, but he's moved the majority of it. He still now, Russell Bentley, our political analyst on the ground with Russia, said they've used about 10% of their firepower. <laughs> They're moving forward with their denazification. So, yes, yes, State Department. Pentagon. Apparently, Russia does have have some some oomph left in the tank. Still has a lot 
that he hasn't moved into Ukraine. Um, it's combined arms, um, and it's not insignificant. Have, have we escalated something uh, in Somalia? Yes, they have faced setbacks, uh, and uh, uh, and they have faced resistance. Uh, you got to you got to hand it to the Ukrainians who have been fighting very hard for their country and making an impact and making a dent on Mr. Putin's abilities. Uh, but uh, they will learn. The Russians will learn from this. Uh, we expect that they'll uh, uh, that uh, that they're. We haven't seen any uh, any change in 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 what we believe their desires to move in Ukraine. Okay, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about this after we get finished with Ukraine, because here's the thing. Apparently, this was this is the first uh, bombing that the U.S. has done on Somalia since August. I wasn't aware that we stopped bombing them back in August. This is kind of news to me. I was just I was assuming we had been bombing them. That's just kind of the U.S. That's just kind of the U.S. policy. We're going to talk about this here in just a second. Um, and so uh, they have suffered setbacks, but I don't think we can just assume that they're going to stay set back, if you will. Uh, that they will uh, that they will try to to work through these uh, the resistance and to work through the challenges they've had on the logistics and sustainment front. We uh, saw their tanks earlier. We, th- those tanks look like you could just blow on them. You can blow their house down. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they've got anything to worry about. And they're going up against people like this. This is a cat cafe in Ukraine. By early afternoon, nothing was open. Restaurants that were busy last week were totally shut. In, 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 okay, here's with Yemen. I don't think we're directly bombing. I think we're it's a proxy where we're supplying Saudi Arabia with the goods for them to commit genocide in Yemen. It's a whole complicated network of shit that we're doing. Almost deserted by early afternoon. Nothing was open. Restaurants that were busy last week were totally shuttered. And after filming around the city, I went out to get lunch for our team. After a half an hour of walking, the only place I saw open was the Cat Cafe. Inside was a family clearly fleeing the Russian invasion. They had giant backpacks, uh, what kinds of you know blankets on them, wearing as many layers of their clothes as possible. But they were smiling because they saw the cat wheel. You cannot look at that and not smile. And today, any human being in this country needed the gift of a smile. It turns out there were 20 cats in that cafe, the owners told me. Beautiful, well-behaved cats. Why was the cafe open when everything else was closed and people here are so on edge and afraid? Because the cats need fed. Because it's simple. If we go, no one will feed our cats. We will never leave Ukraine. They stay because they love their pets. And it just made me realize in that moment that people stay for so many different reasons. And so I wasn't mocking them either. I was like, I'm a cat lover. It's a small ray of brightness. You guys knew that, it though. It was, for all of us here, a pretty sobering and dark day. Thanks so much. Cat Cafe. All right, now I wanted to show you. Hopefully, this plays. I've had trouble at a fuck.
Hawks had a guest. Get corrected. We're joined now by retired U.S. Army Brigadier General Don Baldock, um, a frequent by guest. By their own show, correspondent. Sadly, because there seem to be so, there's so many things going on that require your expertise. We wish it wasn't the case, but here we are again. So, um, where do you think things stand militarily? Well, I think Putin is in uh, some trouble militarily. I mean, we've, we've heard reports that Russians have been dropping their weapons uh, and refusing to fight. We've heard that, you know, there's been some command and control issues. Have we? And this hasn't moved as quickly as I think he wanted it to move. He only committed a small portion of his force at the beginning. Uh, perhaps he thought that was enough. And I think that uh, the credit goes to the Ukrainian military for standing hard and strong and the resistance that we see. And most importantly, I think it's the leadership, right? The strong leadership that, mm -hmm. that is seen, that is rallying the Ukrainians. And it's this oh, resistance. Oh, I thought, he was, I thought he was talking about Putin. Mind, Steve, is the fact that we haven't gone all in on this already diplomatically, informationally, mm -hmm. militarily, uh, and economically. This is not a time for pause right now. We need to get in there, and we need to help them on the ground. We have columns of his troops lined up, ready to be, you know, interdicted. And we need to give that kind of help to the Ukrainians. But we're just sitting back, and we're not doing anything, and we're just saying, oh, you know, everything is on the table. Well, now's the time. Putin is a global threat. He is an enemy to the world. And that's what we have to start telling people he is. And we can't take any pressure off China either. we got to go after China because they're in this right. with them. And we don't want them going into Taiwan. So this is huge. And we got to come together. we got to lead the world in, in supporting uh, President Zelensky and supporting the Ukrainians. And what we have been doing now is just standing by. There is more to do. We can do it, and we should be doing it. So let's just be really clear what you mean there. Again, limited time, so I'm, I'm sure it can't be an exhaustive answer. Right. But what specifically? You, you don't, you're not talking about um, American troops. I think everyone's agreed about that. How can we help specifically? No. He said militarily. We have indirect fires. Oh, sure, Steve. We have indirect fires. We have indirect capabilities. So does NATO. We have all kinds of things that we can be helping with without having to put ground troops in there. And that's what he's asking for. And we have to get mm -hmm. uh, more stuff in there. And we have to get more, uh, more combat uh, help in there. We can do that. I, I know we can do it. What I've is, seen what, it sorry, done to before. Be, sorry to interrupt. What is combat? I'm sorry to interrupt you. What is combat help? Just so everyone's he, clear. He, what he wants fucking troops in, in Ukraine. Sure. Um, we, well, you know, you got to get the resistance, the stuff that they need. But more importantly, you know, we're going to have to help this resistance out. And I talked about... Right, right. He wants defense contractors in with, Ukraine. Um, you know, General I had to guess on, uh, on Fox and Friends on an earlier program about CIA findings and about using special operations troops in a way that we can get in there and help them without putting boots on the ground, but putting great technical help on the ground to be able to organize them better so that they're more effective. Don Bulldog. No question. We'll see what, the Ukrainians um, are going to fight. We're joined now. Where's the U.S. Army Brigadier General? Okay. 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 Here is her response. 
Well, Steve, it's a very serious situation. Today, Putin announced that he was putting his uh, nuclear forces in the heightened state of alert. Uh, this certainly got attention here in Washington and in NATO capitals, but uh, nobody wants to overreact to what he's doing. Clearly, mm -hmm. Putin is trying to get attention. But I have to respond to something your previous guest, uh, Brigadier Ger General Baldock, said, because he really Baldock. way off the mark in terms of talking about what the U.S. could do on the ground. And with the backdrop of what you've just said in terms of Putin has nuclear weapons. That is why the U.S. military and NATO do not have troops on the ground inside Ukraine. The Ukrainians are very good fighters. They have been, it's a totally different military uh, than it was in 2014 because of the training that has been done quietly uh, by U.S. forces and other allied forces. And they are a tough tough group of fighters. They do not need Americans to fight for them because that would then cause this to to uh, to yeah. spread. And and clearly, Brigadier General Baldock is not a student of history. He's a politician. He ran for Senate in New Hampshire and failed. He's not a military strategist. And fires or special operations or CIA on the ground to uh, to call, to give Putin any sort of excuse to broaden this conflict is extremely dangerous talk at a time like this. The nuclear weapon issue is yeah. something to watch, and it is going to be very important in the coming days. I, I really appreciate that. I was very surprised to hear that, I have to say, and I did press him on it. So I appreciate you elaborating on that, Jen. Well, Steve, it's a very serious situation today. Putin Damn. Damn. So that's Fox's own. Uh, what, Jennifer Griffin? Yeah, Jennifer Griffin. Fox's uh, national security correspondent. Putting one of the paid shills in his place. I love shit like that. I don't like is the fucking indiscriminate bombings of countries all over the world like country I live in often wants to do Pentagon says it attacked Al-Shabaab in the first US airstrike on Somalia since August it's launched an airstrike in Somalia on Tuesday it's first in the country since August of last year U.S. Africa Command said the strike was carried out under the authorization of use of four military force in response to an Al-Shabaab attack on partner forces. This comes amid a spate of deadly suicide attacks, and as Somalia remains in political turmoil, we are reading from Democracy Now! Once again, extending paramilitary elections that were supposed to be completed by today to next month. Now, this was about three days ago on February 25th. So on Saturday. They were extended until next month. Meanwhile, Save the Children has warned millions are growing hungry and hundreds of thousands are being displaced as Somalia faces its worst drought in a decade. Something else that we missed out on on all the Russian-Ukraine hype. Trucker convoy bullshit. 
the Swiss Secrets League. Another one of the like collaborations of journalists, like the Panama Papers, the Paradise Papers. Uh, there was another one just a fucking months ago. This one is about a Swiss bank called Credit Suisse. Reading from The Guardian, banking secrecy is an issue of global public interest. It can have a profound impact on the world's poorest. The Credit Suisse leak unmasks criminals, fraudsters, and corrupt politicians. The Credit Suisse leak raises painful questions for the bank. Popular culture, there is nowhere safer to stash your cash than in the vault of a Swiss bank. From thrillers to spy novels, Swiss bankers are depicted as discreet men in suits who know which questions not to ask. As James Bond quipped, the world is not enough. If you can't trust a Swiss banker, what's the world come to? Switzerland dismisses such stereotypes as lazy and outdated, but its reputation as one of the premier tax havens has not come out of nowhere. The country has neutered, codified, and even advertised the discretion of its bankers for centuries, enjoying lucrative returns as wealthy elites flocked to the Alps to stockpile their riches. Over the past decade, however, things have started to change. When Switzerland began requiring its banks to share client data with some foreign authorities under a global exchange system to combat tax evasion in 2018, it was heralded as a watershed moment. Some even called it the end of Swiss banking secrecy. Reporting suggests that conclusion was overblown. Swiss banks do share client data with many countries, but many developing nations are excluded from the global exchange system set up to combat tax evasion and fraud. Meanwhile, Switzerland's famed banking secrecy law, Article 47 of the 1934 Federal Law on Banks, remains in force. Those who fall foul of it risk a five-year prison sentence. Not that long ago, Switzerland strengthened its banking secrecy law, which had originally applied only to bankers and other insiders since 2015. The law could theoretically be applied to any third party who reveals or exploits a secret that has come from within a Swiss bank. The wording is sufficiently vague that an overzealous prosecutor might think about using it against a journalist exposing wrongdoing by a Swiss bank or its clients. Such move would be considered a brazen attack on free expression, not least in a country such as Switzerland, which is among the top ten countries in the world for press freedom on the Press Freedom Index. But it is not outside the realms of possibility. The UN Special Rapporteur on the Promotion and Protection of the Right of Freedom of Opinion and Expression, Irene Khan told a reporter in the Consortium of Journalists investigating Credit Suisse that she was ass- uh, assessing Article 47. I can say very clearly that international law gives journalists the right to publish information that is in the public interest and financial or banking information can fall into that category, for instance, if it concerns public personalities. The right to privacy cannot be used as grounds to restrict the right of the media to publish information that may be of public interest. Oh, they are really putting their asses on the line to publish this information. 
So when an anonymous source leaked the Credit Suisse data to, I'm going to bug it up, the Schottenschesch Zeitung, Germany's largest broadsheet newspaper, they knew exactly what they were doing. This was not a dump of data on the dark net where a sale to the highest bidder. Recipients of the link or of the leak are the award-winning investigative reporters behind the massive offshore leaks that led to the Panama and Paradise Papers. Leaking the data to them, the source appears to have made a moral choice to circumvent what they said were Switzerland's immoral banking secrecy laws. So they leaked it to the German press. Painstaking reporting have unearthed evidence that Credit Suisse had clients involved in torture, drug trafficking, money laundering, and corruption. Some were allowed to open bank accounts years after they had been convicted for serious financial crimes. In other cases, the data raises questions about wealth or whether Credit Suisse asked basic questions about the origin of a client's funds. Deciding to publish these stories has been a balancing exercise. On one side, personal issues of privacy, confidentiality, and data protection, and a Swiss banking secrecy law that can be used to censor reporting. On the other, the public's right to know about wrongdoing and our duty to reveal it. There, there are whole troves of documents you can actually go look through if you the rundown of what the Swiss Secrets League was and why Guardian published it. The Guardian and several other, I think the New York Times here in the U.S. That was fucking depressing. The rich are, are fucking us and, you know, got laws shielding them from reporters being able to expose it. Uh, also coming out today is a UN report that like ah, it could be too fucking late for climate to do anything about climate change. Oh, yay! Yay us! According to a new United Nations report, the devastating impacts of human-caused climate change are happening now. Today's IPCC report is an atlas of human suffering and... Oh, the- shit! climate leadership. And those impacts are getting worse and could potentially be irreversible. Nearly half of humanity is living in the danger zone now. Many ecosystems are at the point of no return now. The report lays bare multiple threats, such as weather extremes, drought, and fire that have already disrupted human life and natural ecosystems, in some cases beyond the point where either are able to adapt. The report makes it clear that those impacts are more widespread and happening more quickly than we had thought previously. The report stresses that significant change needs to occur in the next decade to prevent irreversible damage. And science tells us that will require the world to cut emissions by 45% by 2030 and achieve net zero emissions of greenhouse gases by 2050. But according to current... That ain't fucking happening! ...are set to increase almost 14% over the current decade. What's new in this report are multiple adaptation strategies that can be successful if the global temperature rise is limited to 1.5 degrees Celsius. If we start protecting people with the types of solutions that we're implementing now, rather than waiting until later, 
we are more likely to to save money in the future. Viable solutions are on the... Oh, maybe China does need to take us over because the U.S. is never going to fucking deal with this issue. Mitigation must be pursued with equal force and urgency. Every fraction of the degree matters. When when they had the the, uh, Don't Look Up movie, people pointed out like the world wouldn't look to the United States for an engineering solution to a problem. They would look to China. So, maybe we need to get the fuck out of China's way and let them actually deal with this. I don't, I don't fucking, I don't know what the fucking answer is. The United States is never, like, never, never going to do what is needed to tackle this problem. Our, our government is not capable of handling it at this point. So, I don't, maybe... Maybe the people who are a little more revolutionary than I am are right. Fucking, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Because, I mean, like, we're going to have to still deal with candidates that don't believe in evolution. Fucking try to fucking ban books and shit. Like, that's, that's where we're at. We're a hundred years ago in the past and we need to be thinking 50 years ahead in the future. Ain't fucking happening. I hate, I hate, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I'm glad I don't have children. I would feel, I would feel really bad if I had spawn, if I had offspring, if I had fucking crotch fruit. I brought into this world and like, Ooh, you gonna be mad maxing it out here or water world one or the other. Mad max in some places, water world in other places. That's, that's truly what it's going to be like hundred years from now. What, what, what land we have left it look like this shit. You're gonna be fighting over water. Meanwhile, people out on, on fucking like makeshift boats, <laughs> the coastal areas. Fuck. I mean, hey, at least I lived in the in like the last you know, last little bit of the fuck around period to you know be an adult in the in the find out period. Grew up in the fuck around period. Man, the 90s were different. Different time, people. I don't, I don't, like, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't have any, like, fond memories of the 90s. I, mean, I have fond memories of my childhood. Nostalgia for the 90s. I mean, like, kids today, kids today, they're they're too fucking soft. Apparently, the Nintendo generation, Nintendo, (laughs) fuck, what the fuck does this headline say? Nintendo generation soldier skeleton is not toughened by activity. There's an army major. Says Gen Z recruits are at a greater risk 
for boot camp injuries because of their sedentary lifestyle. They're more likely to go out to boot camp and break a bone because they haven't they haven't been playing outside. They've been playing video games. In a press release earlier this month, the department claimed that Gen Z's and I don't know what department this is, probably the I don't. Is this the U.S.? America's Generation Z is more fragile and at greater risk for injuries if deciding to pursue a military career, an Army major said in a shocking interview. The press release earlier this month, the Pentagon claimed that Gen Z's inactive lifestyle could. Maybe that maybe this is what Ted Cruz and all the right wingers are talking about when they're talking about the the wokeness in our military. Maybe maybe they are too too soft. They are gonna break a bone. The article published on the Department of Defense's Visual Information Distribution Service website also calls potential recruits aged 18 to 25. The Nintendo generation, I... My generation is the Nintendo generation. Like, we're, we're the ones that grew up with a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo in all of our houses. All of our houses. Everybody had a fucking Nintendo or a Super Nintendo. Yeah, well, like the one kid had a Sega, but like his sister had a, a Nintendo in the other room, you know, like that kind of shit. The Nintendo generation, but the popular video game console being more associated with millennials and Generation X. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Nintendo generation soldier skeleton is not. Typical. I would. This is like the Xbox generation. The Nintendo Generations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Phones. Phones would probably be far more of a culprit. I would think that people to play video games would be perfect for, you know, your, your operating drones. Isn't that what the military does nowadays? The perfect training for, for what you fucks are doing. The Nintendo generation soldier skeleton is not toughened by activity prior to arrival, so some of them break more easily, said Army Major John Mark Thibodeau, clinical coordinator in charge of medical readiness at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri. The release adds that nowadays recruits are coming from a far more sedentary lifestyle compared to previous generations. Their skeletons are more prone to injuries because they're not used to the kind of intense activity. We see injuries ranging from acute fractures and falls to tears in the ACL to muscle strains and stress fractures. The overwhelming majority of injuries related to overuse, says Captain Lydia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lydia. Lydia Blondin, an assistant chief of physical therapy at Leonard Wood Army uh, Community Hospital. The press release went on to give tips that would help Gen Z transition from a civilian lifestyle to a military career. 
A few weeks of deliberate fitness preparation before shipping out to boot camp or basic training can greatly increase an incoming recruit's chances of success by avoiding the most common injuries. The article read. Over the past few years, the U.S. Army... Now, like, this is a serious problem. There was a... They've got this thing called Hell Week, and one of the recruits died this year. One of the many stories that uh, I had I wanted to talk about, but, you know, there's only so much time in the day. Another death during Navy SEALs Hell Week highlights the dangers in one of the military's hardest selection courses. I mean, this dude's already been through basic and shit. On February 4th, U.S. Navy seaman Kyle Mullen died after completing Hell Week, a notoriously difficult part of the training for U.S. Navy SEAL candidates. Another candidate was hospitalized on the same day. In a press release, Naval Special Warfare Command said that Mullen and his basic underwater, underwater demolition SEAL classmates successfully completed Hell Week earlier that day and that he was not actively training at the time of his death. The man said that Mullen's cause of death was unknown and an investigation was underway. Well, do we... This was fucking... The beginning of the month, do we have an update? Funeral services were held just like a few days ago. Like, that one story called it mysterious. After mysterious Hell Week death. He and another trainee experienced symptoms of an unknown illness. The Navy is still investigating his death. It looks like a real winner. I mean, I'm sorry you died, dude. I really am. But anybody to fucking die. Being a real winner's. Apparently, CNN had a real winner of a documentary they were going to air. So, CNN is canceled. A documentary they showed trailers for all day yesterday, as I understand. CNN last night canceled the broadcast of a major documentary about InfoWars host and right-wing extremist Alex Jones after being widely criticized for effectively giving him a platform. The documentary entitled Megaphone for Conspiracy was heavily trailered at, uh, on the network in the week leading up to its scheduled slot. However, critics of Mr. Jones and the radical right in general were angry to see Mr. Jones treated as a subject of interest as opposed to a dangerous agitator whose ideas have penetrated public discourse with serious consequences. I... 
I see nothing wrong with an Alex Jones documentary, but if I'm doing a documentary about Alex Jones, it ain't going to make him look good. Like, it, it is it is not going to be about the story of how Alex Jones became Alex Jones. Like, his detrimental effect on society and media. I... I they're making it sound like uh, they 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 went into it neutral, which that is CNN's biggest issue is they try to be impartial to a fault, and they allow Republicans to run all over them. They'll let Republicans come on and talk about how unfair CNN is being to them, and they'll turn around and ask a Democrat, like Democrat, do you think CNN is being unfair to this Republican? Fool who lucked into success. He is definitely not an, e- an evil mastermind. Fool who lucked into success is a fantastic description. A grifter who, who stumbled across the perfect fucking grift at the nexus of, of, of the internet booming and, and, and new information sources. He was at the right place at the right fucking time. With the right fucking message. Post 9-11, that's when... It's the first time I discovered Alex Jones. I saw Loose Change. 2003, 2004, 2005. Somewhere in that period. I can't tell you exactly what year. Loose Change, Zeitgeist, all that early internet fucking... Nonsense. I'm I'm really lucky I didn't turn into a, a stupid ass right winger given where I'm from. <laughs> the time period and everything. I was president of the Young Republicans when 9/11 happened. I've only heard good things about Knowledge Fight. Not familiar myself. I I I don't really like I don't keep up with things out outside of doing this weird I used to be online all the time and I, I like I knew exactly what was going on in the news now I do the streams and like I fucking I play video games all the time Like if I'm if I'm on YouTube, I watch cooking shows and shit. Oh yeah, yeah, I had some horrible views post nine eleven. By two thousand four, though, by like by the the election year, I was solidly in the dimmer. Like, I I drifted in a pretty quick amount of time marijuana I mean like I used to be on board with the info war shit but like this is back you know back in the day day like I'm talking like found Alex Jones in the early 2000s 
I, you know, it, it was like if you're if you're still watching Alex Jones come 2008, 2009, I I, I want to give you a hug. I feel sorry for you. Definitely after like Sandy Hook, like twelve time period. Definitely fuck Alex Jones. And then fuck like going into twenty sixteen. I ate a big bowl of chili. Fucking Alex Jones. I'm not high enough for this. had obtained exclusive behind-the-scenes footage of InfoWars headquarters, including portions of a revealing interview with Jones never seen before. Detail how Jones became a multimillionaire and show how deplatforming and other efforts have done little to silence Jones or diminish his wealth. I don't know that that's true. I don't know. Like He seems like he's desperate. Jones's empire is being challenged by lawsuits from the families of Sandy Hook shooting victims by scrutiny by the January 6th committee. CNN explores how Jones's message grew from the fringes into the mainstream and why that could threaten the future of democracy in America. I it's okay. If I like if I I couldn't vote in 2000. I I I was 1 year shy. Would have voted for Bush. I campaigned for Bush in 2000. Being 17 prevented me from being able to vote for him. Um, vote for him. Vote for him. So by 2004, like I voted for Kerry in 2008. I was very pro, like fucking coming off of Bush. I was incredibly proud to vote for Obama. I was I was proud to have been an early ad- adopter of Obama. To I I'm I'm still to this day I'm glad we beat Hillary in the 2008 primary. I'm very much into that. And and beyond that, I kind of checked out of politics. Like while I was in college, where Obama got elected. But I voted Libertarian 2012. I mean, I could understand. So 2016. I could understand to an extent the whole, you know, a disruptor going against Hillary and going against the establishment and everything. But he was just... He was just a rube that the establishment was able to use. You know, by, by 2016, you know, I'm on the Bernie train. By, by like 2015, whenever he announced, it was like summer of 2015, I've already got like a, a Bernie sticker on my on my truck. So, like, here's the thing, like, I, I'm a big Tom Hartman fan know who that like he was on the real radio like he's, he's you know on podcast now you can listen to his podcast kind of kind of boring for a radio host, but i'm a big tom hartman fan and tom hartman always had lunch with bernie like every other friday like i think dating back to when he was a congressman 
And so I knew who Bernie Sanders was from like fucking 10 years prior. So like the moment I knew Bernie Sanders was running for president, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Gonna go, gonna go stick that sticker on my truck. That's exactly who needs to be president of this goddamn country. I still fucking believe it. Love Tom Hartman. I've read several of his books. Threshold. Last Hours of Ancient Sunlight. I read another one not that long ago. Again, big Tom Hartman fan. But like also like you wouldn't know it. Like you wouldn't know that like I'm a huge Tom Hartman fan by my style and presentation. <laughs> the influence doesn't shine, but like I enjoy the the show is is solid content. Like I'm a radio junkie. That's where I came from. That's where fucking Robert Reich is awesome. Fucking love Robert Reich. Um, I know Rachel Maddow from her radio show. I've not watched her since she's been on TV. Rachel Maddow did a fantastic radio show. So I don't know the like the criticism that's leveled at her. I mean, like I don't I don't know enough about her content. When I watch clips on on YouTube, it's, oh yeah, that's good old Rachel content. It would seem that she gets a lot of attacks because, you know, she's knowledgeable. She goes in depth on, on topics. He's so damn cute and small. He's very small. It's so like, you know, you forget about it, but then you like, you see him next to another person. And it really f- you out because he is very small. And that just goes to show you that like, fuck it. Robert Reich is from the, the fucking Clinton administration. So there were people with their heads on straight in the Clinton administration. They just weren't the voices that won out. There were people in the Obama administration that were incredibly progressive, and they just weren't the voices that won out. Again, I get into a lot of arguments with the left about the utility of voting. I got, I got a friend that's like, oh, what's the use? Well, Biden didn't do anything. I voted for Biden. He didn't do anything. Oh, God damn, a church shooting. That's no fun. Heading out to California to cover this. I thought we were on the fun stuff. We were talking about Alex Jones. Police are responding to reports of a shooting at a church in the Arden area of Sacramento, California. We- no phone video is all we got. I mean, when we say breaking, this is fucking breaking. Video was posted, what, about 20 minutes ago? Yeah, about 24 minutes ago. Church meets on Mondays. Is that a thing? 
His churches have shit going on. Yes, Sacramento says heavy police presence near church in an arcade area. And we are continuing to follow this breaking news this afternoon. Still waiting to get more details on the large police presence happening right now at a church in Sacramento. The address at this is 2041 Wida Way. It's about a mile east of Arden Fair Mall. And we do have crews on the way there. We will bring you up. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. So this is... Uh... But it'd be 621 local time there. They're, they're broadcast from about an hour ago. That's not good. That's not good. But you know what? Like, I was just thinking earlier, it's been a little bit since we've had a shooting. Isn't that nice? And fuck, we another day in USA. Because some there was some right wing meme I saw, and it was like when they do this and this, this and this, that's when the shooting starts. And like, so I don't even think they lived in the U.S. They're like in America, isn't it always shooting going on? Like, yes, yes, there is. Hopefully, no one was hurt. Fuck. Thank you, Warlord, for the breaking news. Warlord auditioning to be my producer. And you may you may have got the job, sir. Flash Thompson, thank you. I agree. Like, I, that that was that was my idea of it. That like the right is just running wild with accusations about her because she's effective. She's incredibly effective at explaining complex topics, and she gives you good background. She has experts on. I I. I I would say her show is different than what I consumed on the radio, but it would have to be in a different format for for TV. But, like, I can't imagine she's doing anything bad. Yeah, the, the fucking ending yo fan. Trump supporter that shot up Portland. Trump supporter that shot up Denver just a couple months ago. All this right wing violence. And he knew. God, I hate him. Fucking with Andy Neo is probably one of the things that got me. I don't want to say it because I don't want to. I don't want to jinx the fact that I I have it. There's a social media because like I don't want I don't want like the fucking I don't want it to over over here and be like well no we're gonna ban your account now boom because I'm glad to have an account back with a certain social media that completely perma banned me 
years ago. And I I think it was because I was fucking with Andy and Geo. Let's make fun of some right wingers. You want to do that? That's fun. I think that's what I got left for the show. California trucker freedom convoy. Just, just saying, just saying. That might, but that that might be the the information you need. I'm laying low still. I, I don't post a lot on there. I don't say a lot. I don't troll a lot of people. Most of most of the people I've gotten in, into any fights with on there has been from uh, has been from like the left side of the spectrum. Like I, I've somehow I got my nose involved in the whole Jackson Hinkle Sam C because like that was that was fun. I got myself involved in the Jackson Hinkle crowd. Boy, are they weird! But if you if you want to follow me on that site that you know I didn't used to have, that's the information that you need. I'm just lurking right now. I'm just lurking. I gotta stab I gotta establish a history of good behavior, right? That way they won't be so suspicious of me. Media Winch made it. She is it is blessed by the Media Winch, because I've tried to make new accounts before. California Trucker Freedom Convoy headed to DC has disbanded after one day when only five Rigs. Five rigs reach second stop. Oh, Talia Jane. Like, oh. I have such a crush on her. A convoy of truckers who are heading from California to Washington, D.C. for Joe Biden's State of the Union have been told to find another protest fleet after theirs fell apart before its first stop. Organizers of the U.S. Freedom Convoy, which had been expecting up to 2,000 truckers prior to its departure from Los Angeles on Friday, disbanded the caravan and canceled all associated rallies on Saturday after only five rigs arrived in Las Vegas. To prevent another rally without our truckers, our team will not be moving through Salt Lake City and Denver. Organizers wrote in an update following the disappointing turnout in Sin City. Convoy. Oh, I see what you did there, Biggle. Truckers were instead urged to join the People's Convoy. More than 100 strong force that departed California for the U.S. Capitol the same day and has amassed nearly $1 million in donations. Caravans are among many so-called freedom convoys that are traveling to Washington, D.C. to rally on the National Mall on Tuesday against Mr. Biden and his administration's stance on COVID, among other criticisms of the right. I don't know what they have an issue with. We don't have fucking... There are mandates in certain segments, and I can explain to them... If the right-wingers want to have the conversation, I can explain to you the legal reasoning... Of why 
the mandates are allowed in the military in 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 fucking healthcare workers that are are doing business with the federal government in order to receive federal money because that with the with the healthcare workers that's technically the private entity that they work for making the decision that they have to be vaccinated because they would lose their federal money if their workforce wasn't vaccinated that's 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 not really the government making the decision it's a private entity well, like this is, I can explain the legal rationale. I can explain the legal rationale for why Biden felt he had the power to do the large employer mandate, the over 100 employees, because the Constitution gives Congress the power to regulate interstate commerce. Under the authority of OSHA, the executive branch had broad sweeping authority to protect workers from workplace hazards. That was the legal framework for why they were able to do it and why it was constitutional. Even the Supreme Court didn't strike it down because it wasn't constitutional in and of itself. They just said Congress had to specifically mandate the vaccination for because Congress had to do it according to the Constitution. For large employers. That's why I, that was my point when I was talking to uh, uh, Dorkster Coldfolfer. Uh, you go into the military, they give you all fucking kinds of shots. Way more than you'd be required to take to go to like a university or something like that. And like, you ain't got no recourse. You ain't got, you can't fucking say shit. What the fuck are you going to say about like the, bringing up the military mandate is just absurd to me. I don't understand these motherfuckers. But I can explain the legal because like uh, Dorkster Cold Heifer was like, it's coming. It's coming. They're going to mandate it for citizens. No. The fucking the mandates were, were specifically designed to be constitutional. So your your arguments against the administration are just they're bunk. But, I mean, it's not like he knows what he's talking about when it comes to politics. He just wants to get up in his chair and fucking hop around like a like a, a monkey. That's an insult to monkeys. I like monkeys. Monkeys are awesome. Let's check in on the convoy. What happened to them when they were in Oklahoma? <laughs> Several trucks involved in the People's Convoy, the American answer to Canada's Freedom Convoy, were involved in a crash on their way to protest in Washington, D.C. The drivers are largely right-wing critics of Joe Biden's administration who oppose vaccine mandates. State troopers in Oklahoma had to shut down the Will Rogers Turnpike for a half an hour on Sunday after two semis and two pickup trucks were involved in a crash... The incident happened around 5.30 p.m. Fucking rush hour on a Sunday evening. All the little old ladies were trying to get to church. How dare you, gentlemen? Troops confirmed there were injuries, but would not provide further detail. The trucks left uh, Aldamato, California last week and plan to arrive just... If you left California last week and you were only in Oklahoma, 
last night, and you plan on being in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, you really miscalculated your trip. You've got a long fucking way to go. Oklahoma City. How many hours is that? Eighteen hours. Eighteen hours and twenty minutes. That's probably why they had a wreck in Oklahoma, because they realized, holy shit, we are running in very far behind. I personally like to stop and get high at rest areas about every hour or so. I take my time because that's the thing is like I've gotten pulled over quite a few times, so I don't like dealing with the cops. When I smoke pot, I pull over, I hang out, I've got the windows open, I'm blowing it out the window, I put my shit up, it's all in one place, it's all very put away. I spray fucking osium in my vehicle. I don't have a vehicle anymore, but this is what I did back when I was traveling a lot. I'm never in any hurry. I'm never in any fucking hurry. And it's like, it cost me going to concerts and shit. I've missed, I've missed some good opening acts. But like fucking, and I drive like a grandmother anyway. I want to, I don't want to fuck with no cops. I want to stop. I want to enjoy my buzz. I want to enjoy driving down the road, listening to my podcast or jamming out to music, whatever I'm doing. I'll do things where, like, you know, I've got a fucking 18-hour drive. Okay. What's a band I've never listened to their entire discography all all the way through that I I would want to do on that drive? I'll listen to their entire discography back to back to back to back to back to back. I I I do a fun thing out of it, right? These motherfuckers didn't know how to plan a fucking trip. Ain't making it to DC. If there were injuries, one of them had to spend a night in the other. They they ain't making it to fucking DC. All a clown show. The ride is nothing, nothing, nothing but a clown. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? I do. Allow me to introduce you to Representative Clay Higgins, who got mocked on Twitter by Dictionary.com. Another reason why, like, I don't, I don't want to call too much attention to it. I like being over there because I saw this happen. Mocked over his word salad tweet about the woke sky. The woke sky. Was that was that a fucking That was that was the James Bond movie with Adele singing the theme, right? 
Oak Sky, 007. Representative Clay Higgins on Sunday made a mockery of himself on social media with a tweet that, well, even Dictionary.com couldn't make sense of. Mr. Higgins tweeted, You millennial leftists who never lived one day under nuclear threat can now reflect upon your woke sky. You made quite a non-binary fuss to save the world from intercontinental ballistic tweets. You millennial leftists who never lived one day under nuclear threat can now reflect upon your woke sky. You made quite a non-binary fuss to save the world from intercontinental ballistic tweets. Multiple phrases in the woke sky, intercontinental ballistic tweets. Several of these things have gone viral. I'm sure you're going to hear them on the Colbert's, the the Fallons, all that tonight. He does sound upset. These these are the people that call everybody else triggered. They sound so upset about everything. Trying hard to cope with something. What it is, I don't fucking know. The handle of Dictionary.com, the world's leading digital dictionary, according to its Twitter, uh, Twitter bio, replied to Mr. Higgins, the Republican uh, from Louisiana's 3rd District, we're not entirely sure what this tweet is supposed to mean, and we're literally the dictionary. Oh, fuck. You don't need to know, and I don't need to drive traffic to the tweet that prompted this. You do need to see the finest retort yet published on this site. Walter Schaub. It's a very confusing tweet. I'm familiar with the sky Lucy lives in with diamonds. The one Luke walks on. The country that has a big one, but I'm not familiar with the woke sky. I also didn't know Twitter was giving some users ballistic tweets, and I feel left out. Dictionary just murdered somebody. AOC says, I've sat on a committee with this guy for years. He talks like this every day. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Because he's got silky smooth lips. Kiss that fucking woke sky. No, no, no. Woke sky was that movie that Tom Cruise did in like the early 2000s, right? Woke sky. It had like a a piss-colored color grade on it. Oak Sky. Oh, Vanilla Sky. It was like a a piss-orange color grade, yeah. 
like you're watching the movie through a jar of piss. What's up, Lady B? Welcome. We were just making fun of Clay Higgins, who was trying to make fun of us. Maybe us. I don't know. You might not be millennial. I think Curiouser gets a little upset when I call her a millennial. She's like, she's right on the cuff. She's like the last of the Gen Xers. I'm the first of the millennials. You millennial leftists who never lived one day under nuclear threat can now reflect upon your woke sky. You made quite a non-binary fuss to save the world from intercontinental ballistic tweets. I am sorry. I it was like it's the piss filter on the movie Woke Sky. I'm Vanilla Sky. You're right. You're the you're the last of the Gen Xers. You're not that much older than me. First of the millennials. You're the last of the Gen Xers. I wear the badge of millennial proudly. Graduated high school in 2002. I got another, you want another right wing fucking tweet? It is complete bullshit. I don't, I don't care about being called a millennial though. Oaks guy. You on the left and are shocked. Once again, that's, that's, that is Glenn Jacobs tweet. This is the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. You guys might know him better as WWE wrestler, former champion of the world, Kane, the Undertaker's brother. But he is the Republican mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. And he's, he's, he's quite interesting. If you on the left and are shocked by Putin's aggression, wake up, sunshine. Historically in the real world, uh, the, that's where the woke sky is. Might makes white. Weakness, which is really what the left is all about, is not a virtue. It's a fatal character flaw, and no, the U.S., should still not get involved. Kane. I loved corporate Kane. Like I got sick. I got sick of the big red monster years ago. Years ago. That fuck that shit had run its fucking course. I loved corporate Kane. He's coming out and kicking people's ass and slacks and shit. Loved it. Corporate Kane was like my favorite Kane of all time. Hands down. That puts you like my brother's age. Brother's 10 years older than me. Lacks an ass. I highly doubt Putin cares a whit about toxic masculinity, the cancel culture, Mutawa, or any of the other things the radical left stands for. That was that was still me 
quoting Glenn Jacobs on Twitter. The AEW World Champion Hangman Adam Page. Tweeting back at Kane, the links to UNICEF, the Ukrainian Crisis Relief Fund, and also showing the 10 ruthless, unprotected chair shots that Kane took to the head. Which would explain, uh, I tried to click on the fucking OBS. <laughs> I tried to click on the video on OBS. God almighty, it's Kane. This would explain why he, you know, tweets stupid things now. I like the, uh, I like the bald cane when he like, he went nuts and he, he, they, they brought him out like Hannibal Lecter style. He had shackles and everything. They had to they had to let him loose to wrestle. I like that cane. Took his mask off. Hey man, Adam Page is based. He's a pretty good wrestler. I like I don't think he should be the world champion right now. Because AEW has talent that is, is more more mainstream than Hangman Adam Page. But, like, he's he's an excellent Twitter follow, clearly. Oily asses! Tones, who had oily asses? Whose ass did you see in this video? Rest in peace, Percy Pringle. All of them! If you're if you're not familiar with wrestling, I hear the beginning. This is this is the guy called Percy Pringle. That's Paul Bearer. That was Undertaker's Paul Bearer. Paul first name, Bearer last name. Brilliant, brilliant. That was the Undertaker's uh, manager, Paul Bearer. Yes. He was all, oh, Undertaker. <laughs> he, he was awesome. Wrestlers always coat in, in baby oil. Undertaker is going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Also, since we're on the topic of wrestling, like I, I, I wish I'd never watched the Undertaker documentary. They, tr- they tried... They tried to do like a Michael Jordan type expose, you know, all in looking at, at Undertaker and his his last run of matches. It made me really dislike the motherfucker. Oh my God, because he's a hard right winger. His wife is hardcore Christian. There's crosses all over his like crosses and Bible verses in his gym. He had on a shirt for most of the fucking interview that was like thin blue line. Like, uh Whereas the Michael Jordan documentary, like I, I didn't I never really liked Michael Jordan because like I didn't like, you know, the squeaky clean persona and, and like, you know, this this 
he knew it was a character he's playing. Sure enough, it was a character. Michael Jordan is a smoking, fucking bourbon drinking, uh, gambling, fucking shit talking motherfucker. And goddamn, Michael Jordan is cool as hell. I love me some Michael Jordan now that I watch the fucking Michael Jordan documentary. That was riveting television. The Undertaker was the exact opposite. Wish I'd never watched it because, like, my I have a hard time of 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 loving the Undertaker now. I here's here's my thing. I love wrestling still, but like the WWE is unwatchable. I watch I watch their big events, and even then, like fucking, I missed like an hour and a half of Elimination Chamber the other, and I didn't really care. What I like, I fucking messaged my buddy. I'm like, don't even fucking watch it because he told me he's gonna watch it later on in the day. But don't even watch that shit. It wasn't good. Fuck that shit. That was horrible. Watch it anyway, and he's like, fuck, I shouldn't watch that. I was like, I told you, Luchadors are awesome. Yeah, I fucking, I love, I love. You, you like some AEW? It's, it's a lot of uh, high flying, high impact. I ran everybody off with the wrestling. I'm sorry. We got on Kane and then wrestling. Uh, my apologies. I've got one more little tidbit. We might get something good out of this. It's called the Good Life Podcast, so I hope we get something good out of this. I've been trying to find new uh, new adversaries to tango with. You know, I get... Uh, I get recommendations for content creators that are, you know comparable up to, you know, 10,000, 50,000 followers. Smaller content creators. I get advertisements for them on, on Facebook because I'm guaranteed to interact with them. So Facebook shows me their ads. It's a trick Facebook does, you know, fucking show that it's working. Like, they'll fucking make sure a troll sees it so you fucking get interactions on your fucking post. Because they know exactly who they're showing ads to. So, this is called It's a Good Life. And this is a little two-minute segment called Why It's Critical for Us to Think for Ourselves. It may not even be right-wing. It may This may be good content. This may be something wholesome. I don't even know. It's a crapshoot. You guys, we're watching it together. Let's find out what the Good Life Podcast is all about. With Brian Buffini. Strange secret with you from um, Earl Nightingale. And he quoted... Fucking love that voice. Fucking love that voice. That music, though. What was up with that music? It sounds, it sounds like you're getting ready to watch like a river dance or some shit. Brian Buffini. I, we shared the strangest secret with you from um, Earl Nightingale. And he quoted Albert Schweitzer, who was a Nobel Prize winning genius. And uh, he was being interviewed in London, and the reporter asked him, Doctor, what's wrong with men today? And, and that, that meant, what's wrong with mankind? And he says, the great doctor was silent a moment, and then said, they simply don't think. And um, that was quite a while ago. And today, what's happening is we react, we don't think. 
We have to think, and we have to learn to think for ourselves. And there are not just one side to a story. There are multiple sides to the story. I'm very apprehensive of anybody who's telling you to think for yourself without laying out like the, the ground rules for critical thinking. Because <laughs> there, there are, you know, rules. It's, it's what logical fallacies are. Fallacies are the violations of the rules of logic. And, and it requires some thought and some diligence. We have to be careful. We have to slow down our reactions and thoughts to think. Groupthink is deadly, you know? Mo- most people aren't rich. Most people aren't healthy. Most people don't have a happy marriage. So why would you want to have groupthink? If most people are not financially successful, why would you want to think like everyone else? If most people are not healthy, why in the world would you want to think like everyone else? If most people's marriages and families and careers are not satisfying to them, why would you want to think like everyone else? You know, this conformity doesn't just end in high school. I, I, I believe high school is probably the least of it. It's what, I'm, you're right, Spotter. Still not wrong. I'm, think is a very, very dangerous thing today. And now we're getting into, you know, the world of what's called misinformation. And what was misinformation uh, today is going to be considered insight and brilliance six months from now. So oh, here we go. Here we go. Einstein said, when we all think alike, no one thinks very much. Fundamentally, what he said, and I was like, I, I really like that point. But then he he... He and I don't know that we're ever actually going to get to the meat and potatoes. Like we're not going to find out in this sitting what he actually believes. But what he just said was a like a right wing trope about the like the information changing. You should find him sussy. I agree with him. Why? Why would you give in to groupthink? Why would you think nobody? Most people don't have a happy marriage. Most people don't don't aren't satisfied in their jobs. I agree with that. So why would the, why would you conform to the right wing ideology? Uh, this guy's better than Peterson. Uh, this guy this guy's slick. This guy's really slick. If we're like. Audio is on point, the visuals, his 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 lighting is on point, his fucking his background looks good. He has a little bit of a of a soft focus on him. Uh even looks like he's using a hair light to make him pop. Everything about this is well fucking done. He has a fantastic voice. This dude's legit. He's probably a right wing nut job. So far, huh? Uh, the way to get there would be read and reflect. Read and reflect. Read and reflect. Not watch and react. Read and reflect. Sir, you're doing you're doing a show on social media. Watch and react is literally like what's your 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 bread and butter at this moment in time. I'm I'm intrigued. All right, we got we got a one minute little segment here. What is it's a good life all about? (laughs) 
find out. Anyone at all who just wants to feel better, think better, and do better. And that's really where we're at. It's, it's, it's a good life. We're going to try to help people feel better. And I think a lot of people could use that right about now, don't you? Think better. And I'm saying people need to think better right now and not be so reactionary and caught up in all the different uh, headlines. That That's good advice. Think better. And if you feel better and think better, then you can do better. And so ultimately, a little bit more success in, in all areas of life. And so that's who we want to help. We want people who are looking. Oh, I, I am hearing like an Irish accent now. I want to do better. So welcome to the 311th podcast, but actually the very first podcast in a new day. Maybe that's where the, the Irish music comes from. I'm going to keep an eye on him. Wait, wait, wait. Eight views, seven views. And now like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to like dunk on him. Like eight views, seven views, one view. How do you look that professional and you only have that few views? And you, you're dumping money into it. I I came through a paid advertisement for your show. So how are you only getting that few of views? Oh, it could be Scottish. I'm, I'm sorry for anybody I might have offended. Irish, Scottish, you guys kind of sound alike. Sorry. I'm uh I'm interested. We're gonna keep an eye on who this guy is. Wonder how his podcast does on Apple. Maybe maybe he actually does have a good podcast. People are people already have a platform they're listening to him on. He's trying to expand into YouTube. That could be possible. Trying to get some of that sweet, sweet YouTube money. I know I'm very protective of that twenty cents I'm gonna get for tonight. Apple Apple Music is not wanting to load up for me. Here, this is strange. I'm going to keep an eye on that guy, though. I want to know what he's up to. Here's a baby seal that's never been in water before getting put in water. Oh, I'm a- I'm sure it's astroturfed. Also, I didn't know seals were furry. You learn something new every day. Oh, thank you for that super chat, Spider. Wonderful. It's adorable. I want to pet it. I didn't know how fucking cute seals were. Wills have fur. No way. They've been hunting for their fur. Oh, people are hunting seals. Oh. 
how could you how could you hunt that precious face? I be cuddling it, I cuddle it. I don't know, I don't get your joke, Warlord. I don't know what you're on about over there. Trying to imply that you had seal for dinner or some shit? I don't know. I don't get it. Why are you looking at that shit on Reddit? Why? Why? Why do you spend why do you spend your time doing that? Highly interesting why. I know those fucking eyes are killing me. What adorable fucking baby. Look at it swim. Oh my gosh. So do they, do they not like hang out in the water all the time? I thought they like swampy areas and shit. I guess not swampy. I guess because they're in the cold. I want somebody to teach me about fucking seals. I don't know enough about them now. I'm going to be on Wikipedia all night reading about fucking seals. Well, I have to do my own research. What? What the fuck kind of bullshit is that? You're watching on Twitch. It is Meltdown Monday. The media winch is back. Go say hey to Winchy Poo. I do believe the fun is getting ready to start right about now. So go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night for the State of the Union. The big night. Biden's first State of the Union address. We'll be streaming it. We'll have the Republican rebuttal. I might call in to C-SPAN and yak with them. It'll be a fun time. So be sure to tune in for that. Here's the media winch.